Hey y'all, welcome back to Anything Goes. I hope everyone is having an awesome November. Two more weeks until Thanksgiving. So exciting. I'm a big stuffing girl, as well as yams, so no offense to our dining halls, but I am ready for some good food. And not only will I be traveling back home for a break, but I also have a whole new system coming back with me, which makes things that much more exciting. If y'all follow my Instagram at typicaltype1, you saw that I officially switched back to the Omnipod, and I am so happy with it so far. Technology is amazing, but that's a topic for a later podcast, because today I wanted to talk a little bit about having an illness, such as type 1 diabetes, and how that kind of works with the school system, and the big importance with 504 plans. So... I will tell you right now that the school system is definitely something that needs to be worked on as far as education with diabetes, such as how blood sugars really do affect us and how that needs to be relayed in our 504s um, and just kind of realizing the severity of the disease. Y'all know I'm always all about standing for how type 1 is just a blip in our system and everything is mind over matter and we don't have to let it affect us. But taking a step back real quick, I do realize that things can't always be sunshine and rainbows, right? There are hard days as diabetics and this is something the school system needs to realize and accommodate to. If your blood sugar is scientifically limiting the ability for your brain to function at its fullest potential, there needs to be accommodations. If your blood sugar goes low in the middle of class and that teacher says you absolutely can't eat no matter what the circumstances, well, that's too bad. There needs to be accommodations. There needs to be greater education to our educators about this disease. Because its severity can often be so overlooked, and that should in no circumstance ever be a hindrance to your education. So with that being said, I'm just going to tell a few stories that have happened to me over the years with the school system, and kind of what I've learned from it, stepping back now that I'm a little older. Uh, But story number one, let's go in chronological order, little second grade alley. At this point, I had had type 1 for probably about three-ish, four-ish years now, and I was doing pretty well. I had a good grasp of my Omnipod system I was on at the time. My teacher was awesome, especially with my type one at this age. Still to this day, honestly, one of the most amazing teachers I've had. Shout out to Miss Cowles. But there were some issues that were starting to arise. We had gotten a new school nurse, and being that I wasn't marked as medically independent, I had to check in with this nurse literally all the time. Before meals, if my blood sugar was off, literally for everything. Which is fine, that's her job. But here's the sitch. This nurse who was treating my blood sugars, my health in her hands, um, had absolutely no diabetes education whatsoever. And there was nothing I, as a seven-year-old, could do about it. I remember going into her office and when I had a high blood sugar, She insisted on treating it with juice. And I said, with all due respect, I really think I need insulin. And she said no. And she's the nurse. And she knows that I need juice. 
And me, knowing for a fact that I needed insulin, but physically not being able to give it to myself because I wasn't marked as medically independent, was just a struggle. It was a struggle. (laughs) And I remember calling my mom from her office and my mom having to explain to her that no, I definitely needed insulin. Please stop giving her juice. It was, it was just the most sucky feeling ever. Um, I also remember after lunch, she would keep me in from recess so we could carb count for my meal. And I've always been pretty blessed with my carb counting skills. For some reason, at a very young age, it really clicked early on. Um, and I could pretty much to a T guess the exact amount of carbs in most foods, which was awesome. But we'd be sitting there and I'd be telling her, no, we count carbs, not sugars. No, that fruit has 15 carbs, not 30. No, we can't give the full amount of insulin because my blood sugar is low right now. Like, I still remember it just being the suckiest feeling. Like, girl, I feel you. I respect you. Thank you. But please let me do what I need to do at this point. Like, oh my goodness. Um... And somewhere around this time, I also had a very low blood sugar experience. There was a sub for the day, and this was still in second grade. And I don't even really know if she knew I had type 1. But we were leaving class for whatever reason, and all the kids were lining up. And I checked my blood sugar. I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was low. And I went up to her and told her that my blood sugar was low and that I needed my juice from out of the cabinet. And she said, okay. And she unlocked the cabinet and then proceeded to leave for class. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll have to find it myself. Whatever. All good. And as I'm looking, I finally find my pack of juice boxes, which happens to be on the highest shelf. I don't know how it got there because usually my teacher would always be the one to go in the cabinet and grab my stuff um, because I wasn't medically independent. So, I mean, not her fault, but... I was a little stuck in this situation. Um, I don't remember what happened after that, but I guess my best friend's mom was helping hang things in the classroom that day. And she ended up walking in shortly after that and found me sitting on the ground pretty dazed. I didn't pass out. I was fine. I got my juice, but oh my goodness. And it was nobody's fault. But what if that teacher had understood the severity of what it means to be a diabetic with low blood sugar? There's an education gap behind illness, especially type 1 diabetes, that needs to be filled. So, very shortly after these experiences, my mom set up a meeting with the school to make me medically independent. And they thought she was crazy. I mean, like, crazy crazy. (laughs) Like, what mother would mark her 7-year-old daughter as independent? That's just insane. But... Unfortunately, like with the reality of things, it was more safe to do that than hope for the best when that education gap kept coming into effect. It just wasn't worth it. So with a lot of help and support from my second grade teacher, they were able to get me marked as independent. And that was that. And things went really well. And I really don't have any stories past that. Um, But there shouldn't be any stories at all, I guess is kind of my point. We need to do better. We need more advocation. We need more education. So 
From there on out in elementary school, I would have meetings with my teachers and even classmates sometimes, like little class meetings on diabetes and low symptoms and what it meant if they heard beeping from my pump. Just kind of all those little but important details, especially when handling it all at such a young age. Um, You need support. So that's my little elementary school story, which leads me into high school. And this is where the 504 planning really comes into effect. So 504 planning was a really big, important lesson I learned in high school. And I had one in elementary school and middle school too, but high school is kind of where everything starts to matter, right? Like you're looking at higher education, things are starting to get real. Um, And for those of you who don't know, a 504 plan is when someone has some sort of, I don't want to say a limitation because that's not the right word, but impairment or disability Um, A 504 plan will ensure that that disability is recognized under law and educational institutions will provide accommodations when needed. So growing up, a lot of my 504s consisted of having access to food and drink in the classroom at all times or being able to go to the bathroom at any time, kind of all that good stuff. Um, But as you get older... Things like ACTs and SATs come up where you really um, need those in place, right? Or even just school in general. If I have an AP bio exam in high school and I walk in there and my blood sugar is dangerously low and I'm shaking and I can't think straight and I don't have a legal plan, I can be forced to take that test and be held to the same standard as someone who didn't have a low blood sugar that was affecting them physically and cognitively. So for example, being able to take a test after treatment of a low, or if I need to leave and take care of my blood sugars, not having that count against my time on a time test, like kind of things like that. So (laughs) here's the thing. I decided in high school that I was sick of this 504 plan stuff. I didn't want to feel different from other people. I was sick of all the meetings. I could deal with it myself. And I believed that I could do anything anyone else could. And if type one wanted to step in the way, so be it. I could step up to the plate and do just as well, if not better, than someone who wasn't dealing with those factors. Little Rebel Alley. And I wasn't wrong. But when your body scientifically, metabolically, cognitively cannot function to its fullest potential... It is hard trying to beat it with mind over matter. And I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'm just saying it shouldn't have to be. It shouldn't hinder us if there are opportunities for us to have the playing field leveled out to what normal kids go through, right? But no, I didn't want that. And it was tough. I wouldn't recommend it. I had lots of sleepless nights dealing with malfunctioning machines just to go in the next morning drained, having to take four AP tests. And that ACT, I'm not even going to go into my issues with that test in 504 plans, but we had to push just to get a minimal plan going for that. Just pushing to get access to food and checking my blood sugar during that test was such a hassle. And it shouldn't have to be. 
I remember them telling me that if I could get a medical diagnosis of anxiety, that I would have more access to accommodations than that of my type 1 and needing a 504 plan. And that still to this day just doesn't sit right with me. Like, what? Like, would you like to see evidence of my diagnosis? Like, oh my goodness, people just don't get it. And that's fine, but you owe it to yourself to have the accommodations you legally, rightfully deserve. If you're in the middle of an ACT and your blood sugar is plummeting, in my opinion, you should be able to stop your time, treat your low blood sugar before getting back into it, but at the very least, like, at least just have access to, like, a juice box or something during that test. Accommodations are your friend. You may think you don't need them, and all power to you. I feel that. Um, But you don't need to use them. But just having them in place for those little emergencies are so important. Last little story before I end this to tie it all together. College. And I actually, thankfully, haven't had many problems in college yet with my type 1, which is awesome. But I do have my 504 plan in place. Thankfully, I haven't had to use it yet, but it's there. But I did kind of have a funny meeting at the beginning of this semester with a professor. And I'm not going to call anyone out, but I will say he was a science professor, which I thought was kind of ironic. But anyways, he emails me and says I need to join a private Zoom meeting with him right away. No context. And I was like, what the heck? So I go into this meeting and he goes, yeah, I just wanted to address that you're a diabetic. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. I am. And like, is, is that all? Like, yes, thank you. Thank you. I forgot. You're right. I'm a diabetic. Man, you saved me there. Like, I mean, obviously I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, I'm a diabetic. Like, yep. And he goes on to tell me that he would like me to know that he saw in my 504 plan that I was allowed to eat or drink in the classroom and that he was not okay with that and that I could step out if an emergency occurred. Can't be pulling down our masks in class was his big thing. And I was like, okay. Um, He was like, okay. And that was that. Have I eaten gummy bears going low in that class? Absolutely. And he hasn't said anything, so I don't know. But again, having that 504 plan for those emergencies is so important. And I know it sucks sometimes. It's work to draw up. People give you grief. But you do deserve to have the same opportunity as everyone else. And one more time, I am all for y'all stepping up to the plate and pushing hard and going above and beyond despite the struggles. But oh my goodness, you don't have to be a soldier on all fronts. Don't forget about those 504s and keep educating. It is Type 1 Diabetes Awareness Month. I challenge you to educate someone this month. I mean, you'd be surprised how much of a difference just the little efforts do make. And that's about all I have for today, but happy almost Thanksgiving again. So exciting. And happy Type 1 Diabetes Awareness Month. And as always, for more information, you can check out my Instagram at typicaltype1 or my website typicaltype1.org. Thanks.